the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear friends of the Mission of Hope and Mercy and listeners to this show. Let us first of all pray and seek God's protection again and again over us, over our nation in the United States of America, over all the nations in the world and all the peoples of the earth. This is Sunday. This is a day of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from death. This is a day in which Jesus Christ conquered death and evil. He conquered the hell. He, in fact, uh, um, relieved all the people and freed all the people who were held captive in the world of darkness. He reconciled heaven and earth as a consequence to his resurrection. On the day of Sunday, Christians celebrate the day in which heaven opened again and opened welcomed and heaven welcomed all the people who died in the promise of being saved. It feels as if Jesus won a big victory, and in fact, he did win a big victory. There was no communication between heaven and earth. There was war in heaven. If we look at the history of the Bible in Genesis and pre-Genesis, we know that when God conceived the creation of man and woman, he created them in his image and likeness. We know that Satan became very jealous, he who was in the similar of an angel of light. And we know that he disobeyed God, and he decided to kill the human race. And ever since, a universal war, broke in heaven and it made its effect all the way to earth and in all the nations war became the most the most dear industry to satan's unfortunate designs in order to destroy humanity to destroy the human race and to disturb god's design which is life which is eternal peace which is a wonderful kingdom in which all of his children have food all of his children have drinks. All of his children abide in perpetual peace and joy in the eternal kingdom with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet when it comes to history, we know that also God spoke to nations. God addressed tribes. God promised Abraham that from his descendants, his descendants will be as big and as numerous as the sea sands. 
we know that in all the nations, Abraham's seeds will be distributed in all over the earth. And we know that the design of God has been always to ask these nations to enter back into this commitment and to share destiny to be part of the kingdom of heaven. We know that in the history of Israel, the people of Israel, as they suffered exile, they suffered the slavery, they suffered in the Exodus time, they had to cross throughout many nations, multiple races, multiple people, multiple cultures, multiple religions, multiple anthropological characters. And we know in all of it, they taught, they exchanged the oneness of God, and they taught the very first form of monotheistic view of God. And God, through the pain and the suffering and the cycle of uh, oppression and the cycle of slavery and the cycle of exodus and the cycle of exile, yet also the cycle of establishing a kingship for the kingdom of Israel and the people of Israel who called them my people, the people who walk with God, the people who God shepherds himself, established a kingdom for them, gave them the judges, gave them prophets, gave them the law, and gave them kings. And until the end of the time, until the fulfillment of time, in the fulfillment of time, as St. Paul tells us, God sent his only son to be born of a virgin. And his son, again, through this holy kingdom, the people of God, Israel, he reestablished the kingdom of heaven. This is why we see in the Gospel of John and in all the Gospels that John's first preaching was about repentance because of the kingdom of heaven is near. And you enter into this kingdom first by being prepared for it in the baptism of John which was a preparation for the coming of Christ. Second, by receiving Christ Jesus as the Messiah, the anointed one who comes to redeem his people, the king who comes himself to be the Eved Yahweh, the Eved Adonai, as we say in the Hebrew language, or the servant, the servant of God. He who took upon himself all the sins of all the people of the earth and redeemed us all. And there was this dialogue once upon a time, right before his uh, sentence into being condemned to a death, death on the wood of the cross between Jesus and Pilate. And in that dialogue, Pilate shows boastful authority over Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ tells him, you had no authority had it not been given to you from above, indicating the authority of the kingdom of heaven that supersedes, has a supreme authority over the authority of Pilate. Jesus goes even further than this. He tells them, this authority of yours, I can actually take it away by simply talking to my father. Also, Jesus, in front of Pilate, challenges the authority of the Roman Empire as a whole, the biggest empire in the history of humanity, probably which was mostly known for violent attacks, violent wars, a raging war over war, and another war, and another war, which they, through their military forces, they occupied the, the world that was known to them at that time, and all the three old continents, Africa, Europe, and Asia. Even to territories that were unknown, most likely we see that the fame of the Roman Empire has reached through their military campaigns. With that, Jesus challenged Pilate 
And he told them, probably I could have sent my angels and ordered my angels. If my kingdom was formed, was shaped in the same way your kingdom is, I could have ordered my angels and they would have came down, Jesus said, and they would have defended me. But my kingdom is not of this earth. And this was the answer of Jesus. We come into the history now to the year 1789. 1789. The date of the French Revolution, which occupied the history of the world, which declared equality, which declared the humanism values in the world. Yet, as its consequence, it destroyed this uh, homogeneity, this uh, dialogue which was always in existence between the church and the state, but not in a healthy way, in a secular way. There was this divorce, an ugly divorce. At the consequence of the French Revolution, an age of terror reigned in France and affected all of Europe. Because for 20-some years or 30 or 40 years, over 60,000 Catholics in France were killed. Nobody talks about it. Thousands of priests and nuns and consecrated people were ordered into exile, and the priests were no longer allowed to dress with their priestly color, and nuns amongst monasteries and big abbeys were all confiscated by the state, and the state ruled over religion, abolished religion, and took it out. Yet at the same time, there was a genesis, a birth of a nation, away from the old world, in a place behind oceans, in a new world known as the Americas, where almost in 1765 and on, we in the United States of America, we were able to establish a nation, which we called One Nation Under God. While in the old world, the world decided to establish nation systems by taking God out. In the new world, a nation was founded in the Judeo-Christian principle of life, family, freedom, the right to the pursuit of happiness, yet also at the same time in a healthy way to separate religion from the state in order to maintain the freedom of religion and the freedom of thought. And the leadership was given to the nation, yet not in a way that contradicts nor could abolish nor could defy the freedom of the faith the freedom of the religion. And this was the beauty of the United States of America in its constitution and its pledge of allegiance. And this beautiful country prospered and was blessed more amongst all the nations. Some people knew it and called it a nation that is blessed amongst all nations. Others called it that God had planned for the United States of America, a country that could have been also known to be blessed and to be greater than other countries in the world. Some people even went to see a new Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem, because America began as a nation under God. Because without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. These are risky and heavy words. We have to understand them as Christians, as faithful citizens to our nation of the United States of America, specifically at this time in our life. 
it's an election year. It's not a year like any other year. It's an election year where the destiny of the United States, its identity, its genesis is the way it began. The way we understood that God planned or God had plans to make America in all the nations, a great nations, to become a truly great when followers of Jesus simply obey his great commission, making authentic disciples by raising good families, by applying good jobs, by sharing good treasures with all the world and blessing other nations in the world. Others want to say that America belongs to God. You know, there is a this verse in Psalm 33 where it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Can you believe that in 1785, we in the United States, while in the old world, France, which was known up to that point to be called La Fille de l'Église, the oldest daughter of the church, kicked God out of the door, killed its people, abolished the existence of religion, closed the churches. And later on, we see the same thing happening in Spain and the communist, you know, revolution in Spain. We saw the same thing happening even in Mexico at the time of the Cristo Rey movement in the early 1960 to 1929 almost. We saw the fight in the papal states between, you know, the last kingdom of Italy and the papal states until the time of Mussolini and the agreement of the Giovanni Lateranese. We saw all of these. The Pope was put in jail inside the Vatican since from 1872 all the way to 1929. The Pope of Rome was put in custody inside the Vatican, could not leave his place until an agreement came between the nations. There was an attack in World War I against all the empires which were the part of the old Christendom. Yet throughout all of this, United States remained faithful to its constitution. The United States remained faithful to its pledge of allegiance. The United States succeeded to remain one nation under God. And today, the United States is at the crossroad either to remain one nation under God or to face an uncertain future. For that, today, myself, and Gerard, my assistant from Denver, Colorado, we want to pray for the United States. We want to converse about our own experience. What did we see in the United States? And how did the United States help us to grow in our faith, in our love, in our commitment more to God Almighty? Our experience has been different in the U.S. Myself, for 25, 20-some years ago, when I came to the United States, I came and my faith was rejuvenated in the United States. I only saw great things. I only met wonderful people, holy people, committed people to values, to Judeo-Christian principles, to the respect of God, to the respect of the personal freedom, the freedom of the faith, the freedom of expression, the freedom of worship. Yet at the same time, I saw mega humans, humans who really had the consciousness of the entire world. People who are not just living in their own bubble, but people who had always interest in the leadership for other nations, being a model for other peoples in the world, being interested in solving issues 
and situations for people who do not have the same freedom, privileges, economic prosperity, and advancements in life. I saw those people. I experienced those people. I love those people. And they were great collaborators with our work when God had called us to found the mission of hope and mercy in 2015. The similar experience, I do believe, Gerard had, yet in his daily encounter through his daily work that he does in the United States, I will ask him a few questions about how is he able to experience, to share, to promote the gospel of life of Jesus Christ as a human being who lives in the United States, a faithful immigrant in the United States who's looking forward to become a citizen in the U.S. How does he live his life as a Christian? How can he work in the field of his business yet at the same time being a minister who works for the charity for the mission of hope and mercy, asking people to pledge, asking people to help and to assist in helping the persecuted Christians and to save people and lives and families in the Middle East in order to maintain in the Middle East the light of Jesus Christ. Gerard, good Holy Sunday morning to you. Good Holy Sunday morning to you too, Father. It's good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice too, and I miss you, and I hope that we all can meet anytime soon. I wanted to really ask you, I know I asked you the question, you saw, I do believe that United States is a protected nation. Not that other nations are not. But I think from the get-go and from the very beginning, and you ask history as we studied it, as we have experienced ourselves, there is something unique about our land, about our people, about our government system, and about our church and the, the faithful communities in the United States. What is your experience? Well, Father, I don't know where to start, to be honest with you. But what I can tell you is that since the day I landed in the United States, uh, it's been a wonderful experience so far. I do not believe there's a country in the world like the United States. Um, based on my experience so far here, I'm very, uh, uh, very honored to be here. At the same time, I'm very impressed with the generosity, the hospitality, the commitment, the good work ethics, and the uh, discipline. The, the good discipline that the American uh, uh, society has. And what I mean by that is that the United States is a country where you could work, live, and uh, still hope and uh, be able to achieve what you look to achieve, whether that's on the economic side, whether that's on the uh, charitable side, whether that's on the educational side, whether that's an engaging in charity, in your church, there's always room to do more. And there's always an opportunity to be a force of good in the world from the United States. What I mean by that is the, the a good example for that is the work of the Mission of Hope and Mercy. Uh, we started the mission here, I believe it was in 2015, and it's been a force of good in the world with the persecuted question. And it stems from the United States of America. I could not think of a better place or a better country to do this work and have your base in other than the United States. And the amount of people we were able to help, um, the amount of education we were able to spread, and the support that we were, we were able to give through our work in the mission of Hope for Mercy from the United States, I believe it's second to none, and uh, the sky is the limit. So uh, it's, it's very hard. I don't think that the country and the world right now that would offer this kind of opportunity other than the United States of America. 
if you're a hard worker, you're committed to your goal, to doing to doing something good, the US is a place where to be. And this has been my experience and uh, I pray for this country every day and I hope it remains as such. Well, we, we are talking about definitely the concept of the nation, the concept of the nation, the principle of government, the principle of government. Of course, the church does not give the principle of government to a nation. The nation uh, receives this principle of government, um, let's say, uh, from God. I guess we call it the universal order. There is a universal principle that applies. It's for the organization of the life of society that God allows that God inspires the formation of nations because nations is a formation of a government system of a unique territory in which live a people and these people are organized around a principle of peace. United States was organized around the principle of faith, freedom, family, the right to the pursuit of happiness and uh, definitely um, in our constitution and in our pledge of allegiance we state clearly that it was the divine providence that established us. It's the last clause in the American Constitution as a matter of fact. We know, we knew since the beginning, we were founded at the light of the divine providence. Today, with this year of presidential election, and I know you live more now in the United States, you've been experiencing all sorts of, and you meet people from all walks of life. Do you see that people are aware of this foundational light that the United States was founded as the fathers of the United States says so in our constitution in the last clause under the divine providence? Father, I definitely hope they are because I don't think the world can afford to lose uh, America. I don't think the world can afford to lose the values that this country has. But to answer your question, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I see in my experiences with the people around me, I do believe they are aware, especially this common election coming in. I do believe people are aware of that. However, at the same time, um, I could see uh, how difficult it could be to American citizens in order to make the right decision. So mm -hmm. uh, we could pray that people in this country make the right decision in order to uh, maintain the American values, the American freedom and rights that citizens in this country enjoy. And I think this is the most valuable thing that America could offer to the world, which is uh, the, the, the rights its citizens enjoy. And those rights, same rights, enable a lot of force of good in the world. You know, the, the last question I want to ask you and our uh, um, morning Sunday is coming almost towards its end is, uh, you know, in, in Christianity, when we speak about redemption, we introduce the concept of restoration. You know, when, when Satan attacked the human life, as we said in the beginning of our morning show with Sunday morning with Father Andre, I, I spoke about how Satan really uh, disturbed even heaven. There was a war even in heaven, and war is an industry of Satan. The war is definitely a deadly industry of Satan because it opposes God. It opposes life. It opposes a peace. It opposes prosperity. It opposes a future. It opposes joy. It opposes even the nature of good. War is not good. Yet in the United States, we see today that, uh, you know, that there are these thoughts that um, 
governments come and there is a war, other governments come and they do not want to raise war in the world. We have seen in Lebanon, we have seen in Israel, we have seen in Palestine, we have seen in the Middle East, we have seen in Africa. There are stories of war everywhere. You as a man of a prayer, what do you tell Americans if they were to um, think consciously who to vote for? Not who, what to vote for, excuse my term, the principle to vote for. Do you think they should regard the peace as the most important factor based on which they need to vote? Do they need to take peace in consideration in order to stop the industry of war? I strongly encourage Americans, American citizens, to uh, take this right of voting as a sacred right because it that right could dictate the the direction of the entire world, to be honest. And I invite them to vote in accordance to uh, to what brings peace, not wars. To look back on the past and uh, uh, take a good idea about what's been happening, I would say, last 10, 20 years, and vote in accordance to uh, whoever might be, bring peace and not wars, and to vote in accordance to what might bring uh, 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 re- religious freedom also to people in this country and promotes it in the world and not the opposite and to vote in accordance with what lies with the values of faith the values of uh, families and uh, uh, to protect the sacred right of people to uh, uh, be able to you know maybe go to their churches or voice out what they believe is is right according to them so thank you so much Gerard. This is great morning. It's been wonderful um, to have to, to talk to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten the minds and the conscience of our public leaders, of all those who are running for office, from presidents all the way to um, the last public office that they're running for, that they will do vote and be elected in accordance with the will of God in order to fulfill the same divine providence that God, from the beginning, put in the heart of our Constitution to lead the United States into a destiny of peace and that the United States will be truthfully the shining city on a hill in its light all other nations will be restored in faith, hope and love may almighty God bless us all protect us from all evil and bring us all to everlasting life Amen Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.